Hi, I'm Dr. Becker, and I'm so excited that Anne has nominated Aaron Anna Phillips for a Game Changer Award. And we have Aaron with us today to talk about why she's so wildly passionate about horses and what she's done with that passion and where that passion potentially came from. So we're so thankful to have Aaron. Aaron, congratulations on your Game Changer Award. And I'm thankful that you're taking a few minutes to talk to me today about how and why you became so passionate about horses. So welcome. Thank you. It's such an honor to be on here today. So Erin, when you, uh, you, so when Anne nominated you, she said that from a very young age, you had a resonance that you were really focused on horses. And do you, can you remember a moment that you were like, oh my gosh, I love them. I think, you know, Anne said you love all animals, but that horses really became your passion. How did that, how did that happen? It's really been ever since I can remember, I don't really remember a time where I actually, you know, saw a horse and thought, oh, I really love that animal. It's just kind of been a part of me ever since I guess I was born. (laughs) Yeah. And, and you do a lot of, I know you have, uh, Anne said you have turtles, dogs, cats, hamsters, fish, all sorts of things, but horses, did you grow up? with horses or did you get a horse at a certain age or did you get into a rescue at a certain age or how did the, how did the evolution of your passion specifically, I think, um, with horses come about? Yeah. So when I was really young, my siblings took riding lessons. So I would go along with them and pet the horses and, um, just be around them. Then when I was about seven years old, my dad and mom got me a little miniature horse who's about five months old at the time. And so I've owned a horse since then. And so then when I was about um, five or six, I got into the wild horses after listening to a series of documentaries um, on cloud wild stallion of the Rockies. And that's what really got me into the more of the wild horses, the Mustangs. And so for listeners and readers that don't know about anything, maybe this is the first time that they've heard about wild Mustangs or wild horses. Can you talk a little bit about what, what you learned when you educated yourself, you listened to the, to this documentary and, and then, and how did that move your soul? And in turn, what happened next? So basically the um, documentary series, followed the life of one horse named Cloud, um, which is the same horse I ended up naming my mini after. Um, And he, every so often, the government will round up horses in the different herd areas. And so including in in that documentary was a roundup. And I remember just being, you know, really sad seeing the horses taken out of their homes, being really young, you know, I didn't really, couldn't really, you know, process all the reasons to why it happened. So when I got older, I really started researching and just learning all the facts of why it happens, why it shouldn't happen, and what really goes on with that. And so the numbers have, the fact everything has gotten worse since that time, basically, that more wild horses have been taken out. Um, last year, there were 20,193 wild horses and burrows removed from the wild last year. Um, And it's mainly due to livestock ranching on public lands. There is plenty of public lands for the wild horses. And um, due to livestock ranching, the ranchers kill a lot of the natural predators that would 
help the wild horse population stay in check. Um, and even though I know a lot of people would think that livestock ranching would be really important that we should take the wild horses out, you know, because it's feeding people, but only 2% of our meat comes off of public lands. And that could easily be made up in all of these um, off-range pastures that the wild horses are placed in when they're removed. There's a lot. Um, and even there's, because of the amount of horses that have been taken out, there are 62,398 in holding pens um, just sitting at- Like in jail, in, in horse jail. Basically. And we're paying for them. Our tax dollars pay oh. to remove the horses, take care of them. And so it's a really messed up situation. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it is. It is a really messed up situation. Aaron, once, so the, um, the it's government, go, the government- is funding yes, the Bureau of Land Management. Okay, Bureau of Land Management's funding the rounding up of horses. And then um that alone is a horrific thing. Uh then they transport them and put them basically in holding areas for them to just die eventually. Yes, if they're not adopted. But 60 over 60,000 horses, you know, I have a hard time seeing them all being adopted, you know, by the end of their lifetimes. Um, so the Bureau of Land Management often tries to come up with um, programs that help the horses get adopted. One of their most recent ones was called the Adoption Incentive Program, and that is where they offered $1,000 to each person who adopted a wild horse. And what ended up happening is people would adopt the wild horse, keep them for the amount of time the yep. Bureau of Land Management required, which was one year, and then sell them to slaughter. slaughter. So they'd end up making about $1,500 off of each horse. And there is one family who I believe got around 20 horses, somewhere around that number and just was making money. And unfortunately yeah. that's happening a lot. So how did you get involved? Do you, do you work with a specific educational platform, Erin, or, or are, uh, how, when people hear about this, it's maddening what can what can we what can we do so i so there are some really great organizations out there um the american wild horse campaign is one the cloud foundation is another um the cloud foundation i've been volunteering with for the past 6 years and then about 2 years ago i started my own horse rescue and i'm also using that as an education platform um it's mustang mission mm. and i've been able to rescue I started rescuing the horses la early last year. And so I've been able to rescue three since then. Um, not a whole lot, but it's starting out small, but we're constantly of growing. Of course. Yeah. But, and also you're incredibly young. That's, that's an, that's three horses is a lot. That's a full-time job right there. <laughs> that's a lot. Uh, so, but that's amazing. And so when we think about this horrific situation, if um so first of all can you uh does your blog does your educational platform talk of course highlight the issues but then also how if people are listening or reading this information watching this information how they could get involved yeah so a great way to get involved is to follow one of the websites i mentioned they often send out action alerts to where you can comment um to the government on proposed gathers removals um, and then another great thing is to call your representatives and your senators 
and tell them, you know, what you think about the situation. And often giving numbers and facts is really good because it is more convincing than basically an emotional story about what is going on. And so those, as the websites I mentioned before, they give a lot of that. They're really good at educating, giving all the facts and everything you need. Erin, since you started becoming educated about this horrific environmental event going on involving incredible, intelligent, emotionally sensitive creatures, um, has there been any, do you feel like there's been any, I'm going to call it forward motion, any steps in the right direction? Or do you feel like we're still at this, at the need for mass education to be able to move the dial in a positive direction? Or do you get any hint since you've been involved that we could be in any way helping to to educate people enough to make viable change? There are definitely a a lot of people that know about this situation now and a lot of people that are taking action um unfortunately is getting worse the situation but at the same time people are working really hard and there are some very small forward movements but it seems you know as you get one forward step it's like three steps back yeah um one of the main issues is there is a lot of corruption between the livestock ranchers because the livestock ranchers are paid by big corporations between the corporations and the Bureau of Land Management. So it is a really, like it goes to a really deep level. So it's a lot to fight against. Yeah, it is. Which can be more difficult. Which is incredibly difficult, yes. And also um, soul-sucking. When you look at the amount of red tape and unethical relationships and payoffs and money, it just becomes potentially not just daunting, but exasperating. So I have to ask when you get up in the morning, how do you, how do you move forward and not let the circumstances, the weight of this get you down? Or let me phrase it a different way. You're really passionate about this subject. What moves you? What what do you love most? What what moves you to keep wanting to fight this this battle? Well, I really think that um, it's to me it's really really important to protect animals because they are God's creation, and it just even though everything you know there's so much bad with the situation going on, there is still a lot of good, and just really the horses are honestly what really keeps a lot of you know us within the advocacy field going just to protect them and keep them safe and it's i'm really grateful for my horses my mustangs outside because they really you know they really are a bright light in those difficult situations and just seeing that they've ended up in a good even though they were removed they went through a lot of trauma which they never should have they ended up in a good situation that is really my goal for a lot of the Mustangs that come out of holding and the reason why I started this rescue. It's wonderful. Your education, your passion's beautiful, the educational commitment. Um, and I think above all, we're wired as humans to, to, we should be wired to want to care for this animal kingdom, be respectful. And part of that's the educational piece, even if it feels like uh, it's an overwhelming uphill battle that doesn't negate the fact that we are ethically responsible for caring for 
all of the animal kingdom. And that's exactly what you're doing. I'm so proud of you. And I'm so inspired by the work that you're doing. So Erin, if you would, if you would want the world to know one thing about this really important platform, this initiative that, that you're involved with, what would it be? Well, I think one of the main things would be just to know that um, every animal is worth saving. There are so many people that just think Mustangs are basically trash and they're not worth anything. But so many pe- there are so many Mustangs that have really gone to high levels that are incredible companions. And just to remember that, like you were saying, it is our duty to protect and preserve and save these animals. Erin, I'm so um, thankful for Anne for nominating you for a Game Changer Award. I'm thankful for your viable light and spirit in you that is driving you to want to become wildly passionate in the the field of education so that it's out of people knowing more that they can make better, wiser decisions. And so the fact that you are willing to educate people about this topic is the first step of meaningful change. And you're doing that. And I'm so thankful that you are. Um, Tell us again, the website or where people should go if they want to learn more or read your information or get involved, where would people find you? So people can go to my website. It's www.mustangmission.blogspot.com. I also have a newsletter list that people can sign up to to get updates and alerts. Um, I'm constantly doing new things and there's exciting changes. Um, As always with a rescue, there's always a lot going on. (laughs) Yeah, there is always a lot going on. You're busy. You're a busy woman. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's beautiful. Your passion is apparent. We're so thankful there are people like you around the world that are willing to educate, put their heart and soul into helping people have a better understanding of these issues so that hopefully as more people become educated about these issues, we can collectively shift the dial and, uh, and afford better change for the animals that so desperately need it. You're a vital young member that has decades ahead of meaningful <laughs> advocacy. And we're so thankful for what you're doing here. And thanks for uh, educating us this morning as well. Oh, you're welcome. It was a pleasure. <laughs>